What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting back here, Studio 1A, in rainy downtown Arlington, Virginia. We are broadcasting in Clarendon, back again for episode 233 of Pace the Nation. We are keep churning, we keep churning them out. Alongside me, I got the full crew. Well, one of them is alongside me. It's Julie Cully. Julie, what's up? Hey, I think we've now broken some sort of record, right, for the month of April with the amount of rain that we've had. Oh, I thought you were going to say for the amount of podcasts we've done. Well, I mean, that too, but... <laughs> I know. It is It is another... What else do we have to rain, talk about besides podcasts, COVID, and, and rain? Yeah. Well, we'll get to all those topics, uh, but before we do, let's bring in our other co-host. He's via phone. William E. Docs. Docs, what's up? Well, it's pouring rain over here on this side of town <laughs> in in my home studio, and, and yes. I'm afraid that uh, nobody's going to be able to hear me over the raindrops hitting the roof. Mm, a loud roof, huh? He does have a loud roof. He does. Yeah, it, by design, it's nice. It's a tin roof. It's is it is it soothing to listen to those raindrops fall on that tin roof? Yeah, it's the absolute best. Oh, well, <laughs> this, this think this about what you guys you like in life, uh, and then just imagine that this is better than that. Yeah, um, so that's I, huge. I like um, Redskins Super Bowl wins. Better than that, hmm, this is better uh, than that. That's pretty. That's pretty good. Yeah, it is pretty good, awesome. isn't it? You you've probably had an amazing month of April. Then I, I know. Correct. Just like everybody else, April has just been outstanding. It's been, it's been <laughs> yeah, right. It's been great. Yes, one for the history books for all of us. Yeah, yes. we'll get into that a little bit more. <laughs> all right. Well, we got a big show uh, to get to today, guys. Um, well, uh, first, uh, I want to uh, let you guys know we've got an exciting guest, uh, someone we hung out with. All of us hung out with before the world ended. Uh, in Atlanta, our last like relevant event, we've referenced it many times on this show, uh, a team from letsrun.com was there, including staff writer Jonathan Galt. Uh, we were hanging out with Jonathan at, uh, at, at some Brooks event uh, the night before the Olympic trials, and he's going to join us today uh, to talk about things that are happening in his world, Let's Run, things that are happening in the world of running. Uh, letsrun.com is one of the premier sites for, that cover running uh, in the country, and so we're going to have him on to talk uh, what's going on in his life and what's going on in the world of running. So excited to talk to Jonathan today about that. And thankfully for Jonathan, he has a fairly straightforward name, so you haven't butchered it five <laughs> times Galt. before he gets on with us. Yes, yes, Jonathan Galt. Yes, easy. Uh, also on today's program, I want to bring up a study that um, came to my attention from the University of Virginia that puts running and exercise in a positive light. So we will talk about that. Uh, but on the negative side, uh, we got, had a couple of incidents uh, happen uh, to, to me and maybe one to Docs, uh, to Pacers. Uh, I want to discuss those. Did it not happen to me as well? It happened to you as well. Let's focus yeah. on the fact that it only happened to you. Yeah. Uh, so we will uh, touch on those those topics as well and we'll get into some other running discussions uh but before we do that um and before we bring in jonathan um are you guys just over this i mean i i i feel like i've hit my my breaking point this past week 
for for multiple reasons that we'll get into later on the show after Jonathan. But uh, are you guys just over this this quarantining and you know s- the, the, this this new world that we're in for the month of April and no. Uh, when, when are we going to get, when, when, I mean, I, it's an obvious statement, but I'm just like, it, it just is, it just hit me. I'm just like, I'm done. All right, well, you're very soft and I'd, I'd love to talk about that. Do, do you know, do you know who Patton Oswalt is? Uh, no, I do not. He, well, he's, he's a, an actor, a comedian. He had a great tweet. He said, Anne Frank hid in the attic of her, of her home during World War II for two years after one month of, uh, you know, having to stay at home and being able to go outside and go for your runs and everything like this, uh, Americans are protesting for their right to eat at Fuddruckers. I mean, <laughs> this is ridiculous. That is pretty good, amazing. That is pretty amazing. When you put it in perspective like that, I do feel bad about complaining. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she was holed up in an attic for two years in a row. How is she getting food? Oh, man, these are like elementary school <laughs> history lessons that somebody must have been asleep in class for. <laughs> the Diary of Anne Frank. Yeah. It's I a mean, it's a beautiful and terrible story. You know, I yeah. ask these questions. I ask these questions because I know that there's a percentage of our audience who also doesn't know who's afraid okay. to ask. I think so. that's like the point oh one percent. Okay. All right. So, how was she getting her sandwiches delivered to her? Her she, turkey sandwiches. Farley, <laughs> Anne, Anne Frank. Uh, Anne Frank was Jewish, and she was mm-hmm. hiding from the Nazis. So yep, there was another. I know that. She was. She was hiding from another fam. Or she was hiding in the attic of another family's home. Okay. And you know they they would feed her at night. Oh. Uh, and, okay. Gotcha. But but she wrote a diary about her experience and you know uh she didn't grow up yeah so uh, you're making me feel like uh my complaining about a month is 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 pretty um pretty weak on my part okay (laughs) okay yeah also she wasn't allowed to make noise so yeah she wasn't really allowed to move around and crazy she didn't have a smartphone or a cell phone, yeah. or the or Wi-Fi, or the internet, or a computer, or wow. delivery services, or turkey yeah, Farley, sandwiches. Let's let's be honest, Farley. Uh, you still have Wi-Fi, so your life hasn't changed at all. You spend twenty three and a half hours glued to your phone. It's Does true. it really matter that that you can't get out? Where uh, you're, you're sitting right. when you're looking at your phone and, and ignoring the people around you. That's true. I I apologize uh, for for my insensitivity. Um, All right. Well, um, I guess you guys are fine with this then. Docs seems fine. Um, But uh, well, no. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, um, You know, I I do feel that my life has changed. I'm just able to put it into perspective, and I understand Mm -hmm. that this is for the greater good, and this is what we have to do. And and we have to adapt to it. I'm I'm not gonna be an idiot marching onto the state capitol with a uh, machine gun, waving a <laughs> Confederate flag, demanding right. that I get to go get my hair cut and go bowling. <laughs> <laughs> like an, another thing with with the sense of community or or something that I've I, I guess appreciate a lot more right now too is is. Um, reading some of the stories about how sick 
uh, essential workers are getting or, or, or what their contraction rates are. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, a lot of people in, in your industry and in, in, in retail are n- not able to work. Uh, we know people that have been furloughed, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And, and there's a lot of d- discussion about um, unemployment and whatnot. But people who were working at grocery stores their option was to continue to work or quit and not get um, any sort not of get paid, right? Not not get paid. They, they wouldn't be if they quit. They wouldn't be eligible for. Um, they wouldn't be eligible for, for unemployment. So essentially, right. they have to work in in a uh, hostile environment, just like healthcare workers and you know all essential employees and stuff like this. But it's it's something that I thought about. It's like. Uh, if if I'm being asked to stay at home and and stay off these front lines, I don't have to go to work every day and and put myself and my family at risk. Uh, it's really not that much to ask, you know. It's true. And and I think that that these people that are that are, you know, crawling out of their skin to go to the beach or to go bowling or all this other BS uh, are are being incredibly selfish. Uh, because the more people that go out and interact with other people, then they go to these places where uh, where people are working on the front lines. They're they're putting these people on the front lines at, at a much higher risk. I, I think that's the whole that's the whole thing. Right. That's what it all comes down to. Yeah, I, I am feeling bad now that I m- mentioned how <laughs> no, um, it's, cooped up it's I a good feel. feel- <laughs> I, I understand what you're saying. Like, it, it's a natural feeling what you're yeah. saying. These are just the rational thoughts to combat that natural feeling yeah. of, of feeling anxious and, and, and being inside. I'm telling you, I'm not lying. I'm telling you, I'm also feeling a bit anxious. So I, these are the things that I tell myself to, to control that anxious feeling. Yeah, I got, I, I'm with you. Right. Yeah, and I think it's on top of it, I think it's just important that we all give ourselves a little bit of like a moment here or there, right? Like, yeah, right. It's, yeah. It, we have to, we have to check ourselves, but we also have to say like, you know what, today just wasn't as great a day as I had hoped and I'm struggling with it a little bit more today and the next day. It's usually related to when the sun's out versus when it's <laughs> pouring rain, to be honest, but. Well, Julie, you, you are correct. We need to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. <laughs> A hundred percent agree, Docs. Totally. All right. So, Julie, your perspective, are you fed up? Are you over it? Uh, I mean, I, I guess similar to Docs, I feel like a greater sense of purpose with mm-hmm. it. Um, I mean, selfishly, I, I've just, I'm trying to get through, I'm supposed to finish up my master's degree a yes. week from yesterday. So, I have my, all my research, my final presentation, all of that goes uh, Wednesday night. So next, next time we record, I'll hopefully be done. But, um, so the last seven, eight weeks between Georgetown Pacers finishing my master's degree, the kids, I mean, it's been a lot to juggle. So I almost feel like a week from now, I'm going to have this massive sense of reprieve, like Mm of, of like, you know, of, uh, of peace. Yep. Um, but it doesn't mean I'm going to go outside and start joyriding. It just means that that my stress levels will hopefully go down a little bit. So uh, I'm looking forward to that being done. It's taken me five years to get this degree. I so know. well, uh, two kids, 
uh, upgrade and a job. So it's it's been a it's long been a time. Lot. But well, anyway, that doesn't have much to do with quarantine other than the fact that there's just been a lot going well, on. Well, so. you know what? Here, here's here's the thing: is she she's working so hard, and somebody's got to take care of the kids. So I'm doing the. So you're work. you're actually, and to your credit, you're doing a lot more heavy lifting with the kids right now, just mm-hmm. so I can uh, you know finish the my work up. So. Maybe that's maybe that's a little bit of it, but yeah. I well, think the stories you're going to share today are going to be the the main reasons why you're suddenly feeling yeah, over that's it. Yeah, true. All right. Well, that's a good tease. Yeah. Um, also, Farley, if you're feeling anxious, you can just listen to "Fetch the Bolt Cutters" by Fiona Apple. That was released recently, <laughs> and it's a, it's a great album. And, okay. and then after you listen to that, you'll you'll have uh, a new sense of energy. Okay, I will. Listen to the new Fiona, uh, Fiona, Fiona Apple. Apple. Okay, album. Mm. Fetch right. the bolt cutters. Nice. All right. Well, let's uh, bring in our next guest and see where he's at with all of this. Uh, excited uh, next up to be joined by Let's Run.com staff writer. I don't know how many staff writers they have, but this is the main one who does a ton of, of great work. Uh, he does a lot of uh, great articles on letsrun.com. I, I really enjoy all his work on professional running, on races, on everything that's running. Jonathan Galt joins us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Julian Docks, we're excited to be joined on the phone by let's run.com staff writer jonathan galt jonathan how are you man i'm doing well thanks for having me on chris hey absolutely man thank you for for joining us i um i also want to add jonathan has his own podcast the let's run.com track talk podcast is that right jonathan yeah that's right comes out we usually record on wednesday so it's out late wednesday night thursday morning if you uh you know, want to give that a listen. Now, yeah, so after, after, of course, you listen to our Pace the Nation podcast, give, you know, Jonathan. Of course. No. <laughs> uh, so so uh, you, um, you host it with Weldon and, and Robert uh, once, once a week. Now, do you do the editing? Do you, how, does that, how does that work? Somehow I've, I've avoided that task. I think Weldon is usually the one who puts it all together. Um, so I kind of just get to record it Wednesday mornings, and then it goes up Wednesday night or Thursday morning. I'm like, that's great. They took care of it. <laughs> now, how long are your shows? This is a big debate amongst the Pacers people. They want our, long, our sh- shows shorter. How long are your shows? Uh, I'd say they average probably about – an hour 30 or an hour 20 like sometimes we've been having a guest Mm -hmm. um during this whole coronavirus pandemic to sort of try you know because we don't have any any races to talk about but somehow like we had the guest on and then we ended up talking an hour by ourselves and then it goes (laughs) like two hours sometimes yeah mad how how long do you guys normally yeah i mean we will go about an hour what do you think docs 75 minutes is is about our average i think yeah I just don't know how you could like get if people want these you know thirty minute shows. I just don't know. They can watch TikTok. <laughs> exactly. You gotta let the host breathe a little bit. So I'm glad, uh, Jonathan. You got you guys are on are, are on the same sort of uh, time frame that we're on. Thirty is way too short unless you're like a daily podcast, right. like the daily. I agree. 
I agree. Yeah, exactly. Um, can we nerd out about uh, podcasting real quick? The the three of you guys are in in three separate locations when you record, right? Yes. So we use like a a program called Squadcast. It's like a, we can see each other on video. Nice. Yeah, and so we uh, we have you on the phone here, and it, it's it, we're we're getting used to not being in the same studio but we're so so sorry we're you guys are probably pros at not being in the same studio because that's just your normal that that weldon and and robert are in different locations right yeah i mean our our listeners might not call us pros but uh that's that's our usual setup (laughs) got it all right well uh jonathan thrilled to have you on the on the program let's run.com is going to be celebrating i believe is it 20 years soon? Yeah, actually, we were debating about this on our, on our podcast this week. Like, we don't know the exact date on which, you know, Let's Run.com went live. But so the big, the first big event for the site was the 2000 Olympic marathon trials in Pittsburgh, which Weldon was running. Mm-hmm. And those were on May 7th. So we're kind of treating that like that's kind of a 20th anniversary for us, I think. Yeah. That's that's incredible. I mean, it is a a really powerful site in the industry. So if if our listeners haven't checked out Let's Run, I assume most of you most of our listeners have Let's Run dot com. Uh, how would you describe what is your what what is your site? The way I like to think of it is it's like the front page of running on the internet. Mm-hmm. Like if there's something important going on in the sport, you go to Let's Run dot com. We'll have a link to coverage from around the world about it but we'll also have you know some random offbeat stories or we'll have you know previews of races coming up like anything important going on in the running world we're going to be covering it on let's run.com how are you guys different than let's say runner's world i would say we are a lot more focused on the elites i mean mm-hmm. runner's world does write write about elite running but we're very focused on the sport of elite professional running or college running or high school running, but mm-hmm. the elite level. So that's really like, we just treat, it's a professional sport and that's how we view it. And, uh, y- your message board is like, uh, the biggest and largest. There's nothing like the world famous message board of let's run.com, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just, I think Robert, the way he likes to describe it is it's kind of talk radio for, uh, <laughs> for track and field and, and for distance running because, you know, that's not really something that's covered on radio shows that people can call in and talk about. Mm-hmm. But if you have an opinion that you want to share or you have some crazy hot take and you want to get it out there and you don't have your own podcast or anything like that, you go on the Let's Run message boards and let it rip. <laughs> I love it. That's a good way to describe it. But should we be listening to anybody's opinion if they don't have their own podcast? <laughs> I, know, I feel like, doesn't like seventy five percent of America have a podcast <laughs> at this point? It's getting there. Yeah, good point, Docs. So uh, if 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 you do have a hot take and don't have a podcast, yeah, it probably you probably don't matter that much. If you own podcast equipment, <laughs> apparently you have the authority to speak. <laughs> yes. That's uh, that's how we got started. Um, so, <laughs> Jonathan, last time we saw you, uh, Docs, uh, Julie, and I saw you uh, in Atlanta. Wow, what a different uh, what a difference the world is now. Uh, you were there covering the Olympic trials. Um, like, I, I just take take us back, uh, take us back to the trials. Um, what did you? How how was the trials for you? And could you imagine? 
uh, where we are now back in February when we were in the trial, when we were at the trials? No, I mean, absolutely not. Looking back now, it kind of feels like a lost hurrah, right? That was right. a lost time we all got together and, you know, it'll, they had these, what's interesting to me is in the post-race press conference, there are a lot of reporters just sort of like, I think there was someone from CNN or like sort of more general interest reporters. And they were all very interested to get the opinions of the athletes about the coronavirus pandemic. It hadn't really, you know, broken out much in the U.S. at that point. But they were all saying, oh, are you worried about not being able to go to the Olympics in Tokyo? Like, is this going to have an impact? And I'm just kind of thinking, like, I've been through this before. Like, Zika was a big thing in 2016 before Rio. Like, the first major marathon I ever covered was the New York City Marathon in 2014. And all the people were asking um, them about Ebola there. I'm like, this is, you know, this probably isn't going to be that big a deal. Like, you know, I, I think there's going to be an Olympics. This thing will die down. And then within like a week or two, the whole thing changed. And now there are no running events for the foreseeable future. So looking back, I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm feel fortunate. We got to experience it, but yeah. I could not have imagined how much the world would change in the next, you know, two months. You know, it was crazy. Now thinking back, as you mentioned that I was thinking about the coverage and the president breaks in and and I was we were at a bar somewhere, kind of watching it, watching the runners go by. Everybody was so upset that how could they break in and let's get back to the coverage. And it was like, you know, it, it was just a different vibe then. That it was crazy to think that the president was um, would break in to talk about you know coronavirus during this huge event. Now it's totally opposite. It's crazy to think a huge event would happen, right? Yeah. Yeah, like London Marathon was supposed to be last weekend, and I'm just like, yeah, there's anyone holding a major marathon right now would be insane. It's just not, it's not safe, and it's, you know, no one's going to go to it. It's just, it's crazy. My opinion on that hasn't changed, though. I, I still don't think the president should have interrupted the marathon. Right, right. I love how Chris set that up as if, like, the president was like, hold on, stop yeah, this marathon. Yeah, yeah, no. I have something important to say. No. Yeah, that's true. It wasn't like he was preempting the marathon. And on I think purpose. it was the network that picked up <laughs> right, the presidential right, right. speech. Exactly. Good point. <laughs> well, I, th- I think it's probably safe to say that the president didn't know the trials was going <laughs> on. Either. I would, I would. Say. I think it's safe to say that. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so Jonathan, what what have you guys been now that there's no races and and you know not a lot of what what's been the main co- what have you been covering on Let's Run dot com? Uh, well, we just wrapped up. We had a three-week-long bracket to determine the greatest American distance runner of all time nice. that we had um, our readers vote on. And we had Jim Ryan was the men's champ, Dina Castor was the women's champ, and then Jim Ryan beat Dina Castor in the overall final. So that was pretty fun. How, um, how, how, now, how did you determine who won and moved on each round? Uh, we would just set up a poll, and we said voting is open until midnight on such such a day like get your votes in and then whoever had the most votes at the end of that round you know we have it so be NCAA tournament style so you gotcha you know uh we'd have 16 matchups at once and there was like eight matchups and four matchups and two and then we got to the final so that's that's really cool so jim ryan is the best i i I love that that would stimulate a lot of arguments and i'm sure the let's run.com message board was on fire about that i gotta i gotta pull back the curtain a little bit here though what's the percentage of viewers that go to the site that are men versus women do you guys have that (laughs) statistic 
I don't have the specific numbers, but we definitely have uh, more male readers than yeah. the female readers. And so that's part of it is we did this bracket a few months ago to determine the, the best race of the 2010s. I think that we got some criticism for Alicia Montano because the it's just being voted on by more men than women, and so they, she thought it might be slanted that way. So this time we kind of broke it up, and we had like one half of the bracket was entirely men, one half of the bracket was entirely women, and that way we think we sort of we crowned Dina as the women's champion because yeah. to put a woman up against a man when you've got more male readership, that's inherently going to be a little slanted. Skewed. Yeah. There you go, Julie. Nice. Good, no, good, that's cool. Good, Thank good you. Good call out. Um, so you've done that. And, uh, you know, you usually would be this this spring racing season would be very busy for you. What would your schedule look like? Where have you where would you have gone had we not had the, uh, you know, world pandemic? Yeah, I would have just gotten back a couple of days ago from London for the London Marathon, which, you know, every time I think of it, I just. I get sad because not only I'm from England originally, I lived there until I was 10 years old, half my family is still over there. So it's sort of a fun trip to go back. But also the weather was incredible in London. It was like in the seventies and up in Boston, it's just been miserable, like thirties and rainy every day or forties, like it was terrible. And then also we had Kenny Sabakele was supposed to race Elliot Kipchoge and Bekele was coming off his 201 in Berlin. So that was going to be awesome. And that would have been at the end of earlier that week, last week, Monday would have been Boston Marathon. So that's always like a really fun, busy time on the calendar for me because I go to Boston. I, I live in Brookline, like right by the course. So that's sort of a home game for me. And then go to London. It, it's like a really exciting week. And then none of it really happened this year. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's, uh, it's really sad to see because there's – such inspiring performances like you said at the the last big event which was the for us was the 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 olympic trials and you know i i worry about these athletes and you know are they do you think that we're going to see these whenever we can race again do you think there's going to be a you know a a big rust factor are the performances going to be what we thought they would have been this fall um, or whenever we go back to racing, or do you think there's going to be some really rusty athletes? I think there will be a small amount of athletes who maybe this benefits in terms of they get to the take some time off and properly rehab an injury. I mean, if you look at Shalene Flanagan, when she won New York City in 2017, that was because she got this big break after forced, being forced to withdraw to, from Boston early that year due to injury. And sometimes you can see like these big performances come off of the time when you actually take step back and rest up. But I think for the most part, the athletes who have been healthy. I do think they're going to be rusty this fall because they, you know, they train in groups for a reason. It's, it's easier when you're working together with people, you have people pushing you in practice. If you're isolating and just by yourself the whole time, I think motivation it's, it's more difficult and just, you know, workouts in general, it's more difficult without a training partner. So I would expect slower times this fall, you know, if we do get major marathons this fall. All right. I want to, you guys cover a lot of the college scene. I want to, you know, kind of direct this towards you and Julie. Um, what do you think about the, the, the same sort of question for the college athlete? What are we looking at if we do come back this fall? Are these kids going to be as motivated or have as good performances because they didn't have a, a spring season at all? 
Yeah, I, I think that'll be motivated. Uh, I think the biggest thing, like, they'll be, I would say some of them might be extra motivated because they finally get to race after this such a long time without one. I think the problem is, though, we go into the summer and we're still not totally sure if there's going to be a cross-country season. It's hard to go out there and grind away, you know, base training and log 100-mile weeks every week if you don't even know you're going to have a season that full. And I guess I, I'm curious, Julie, like, as a coach, what are you telling your athletes? Are you saying, hey, let's, prepare as if we've got a cross-country season coming up in the fall or are you just saying we're in a holding pattern yeah I mean the last seven eight weeks since the cancellation you know I I, for my women that I directly coach I've basically just been sending them a workout per week you know as they've gotten adjusted to life at home training by themselves kind of the initial shock of everything that happened Um, so we've been calling it kind of a foundational phase right now um, where they're maintaining some level of fitness but you know, one of my concerns, especially coaching young female distance runners is like them getting hurt, not having resources to go get help right now. Um, so physical therapy facilities and chiropractors, depending on the state may not be open. Um, so it's been a time period for us to just kind of, uh, relax a little bit, you know, still keep our, our, um, our finger on the pulse, but, but not get too crazy with it. But yeah, I mean, I, I talked to my two captains uh, last weekend and, you know, they're they're really concerned and it's certainly waning on their motivation just in terms of like wh- how they're looking at the next like three or four months. If you know, you, you know, you got to be ready by November. If you know you're going to start racing in the beginning of September, like you can go and grind for months on sure. your own. That's not that big of a deal. But I just keep telling them like, look, we're all, we're all acting as if, and we all have to act as if right now. Um, and I like one of my favorite movies, uh, is boiler room and Ben Affleck, I think had that line. And he said like, you have to act as if like, you have to act mm-hmm. as if this is going to happen. You already own it. You already know like this is happening. Um, because if you, if you go out every morning with the question mark over your head, like that's how you're going to train and it's going to be how you perceive the season. And then suddenly if things flip and switch and, and we're, we're back at it, you know, we'll be behind. Um, so we have to stay focused on what our goals are for the fall. Um, we have to act as if everything is going to be back to normal. And then if things, you know, if we start to hear other things, then, then we make adjustment. But if you're trying to do it the other way, if you're saying like, well, you know, it doesn't look like it, but we'll see, then the athletes won't be prepared. They just won't. And they need us to be the guides for them. They need us to be the ones who are saying, no, let's go, let's go, let's go. It's going to happen. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that, Julie. I mean, they, they definitely have to prepare as if um, everything is going to go on uh, and just get as fit as possible. I, I think the one angle that, that um, I guess I'd be bummed out about is, that, you know, sometimes you have kids that, that are late bloomers uh, in, in high school that, that put everything together their senior year and, and really springboard their, their running career based on a, a strong spring season. And it's, it kind of sucks that, that those kids are, um, going to get, you know, fall through the cracks probably in, in most cases. Yeah, we had a, you know, we had the opportunity to coach shows at Norris last year and, she was a 441 miler in high school and uh, went to UNC initially, transferred to Georgetown and struggled up and down with injury until her, her fifth year mm-hmm. and basically put it together from March to June in her, in her fifth year 
and finished fourth at the NCAA championships in the women's 5,000 meters and signed a contract with Reebok. Like there are stories like that, that are gone now um, of kids who, you know, they can choose to come back for a six year, but it's hard to make that decision right now because you don't know. You could make a decision, all right, I'm going to come back for a six-year, but there's no guarantee right now. The only thing we're trying to tell kids is, like, stay in school as long as possible. There's no jobs, yeah. you know, so it, it, it's to their benefit to stay in school longer. Yeah, so uh, I, I, I know you get a, uh, a, a real, um, a, a very good high school audience who goes to your uh, website, um, and, you know, there's there's a lot of trepidation and they're they're all worried out there um what's been the conversation around the high school athlete jonathan on let's run.com i mean i i do not follow the high school scene as closely i'll say as the pro in college but i feel like i don't i, I feel the worst for the high school athletes to be yeah. honest because for the same reason that julian doc said like they don't have an opportunity to sort of prove themselves this year i think you're kind of worried and you're also thinking about you know, the current juniors, a lot of times they're recruited, you know, off of their junior year performances. And now coaches aren't going to have that for outdoor track. So that's kind of difficult. And I, I don't know, just like you debate, you see debates about what sort of things high school athletes can sort of do to s- still get that competitive spirit or competitive yeah. experience. And some of them are running time trials. I think Leo Dashback, uh, a guy out, I think he's Arizona or California, he's been doing some time trials. I think he ran like a 403 mile and a 149, 800. So that's pretty, those are like really impressive for high school. I think that's really, that's kind of all you can do is go out and time trial or something like that because just gathering in groups large enough for a legitimate race isn't feasible. Right. Yeah, that's a big thing that we've been seeing. We had a head coaches meeting at Georgetown yesterday where we were talking to all the different sports and uh, Coach Bonzi, who's our, our men's head cross-country coach at Georgetown, and I were both saying, like, that's been a huge benefit to us. Like, we're the only sport that's not shut down right now, legitimately. Like, mm-hmm. we can still go out and practice and train. And if, if your high school track is open, you know, you can still get after it. And so we've seen an influx of emails coming in like, hey, I don't, you know, my, my state has canceled my my state meets, but here's a video of me running X time. And it's been really helpful because that that's when you see the kids. One of the things that we can't tell right now is like the character of the kid, like how hard are they willing to work? Like how hungry are they? And so you get a kid, you know, that sends you a video of them running, you know, whatever 154 and an 800 you're like okay like that's incredible right now like now that kid's on your radar um because they're and if they're really highly motivated and have the opportunity the opportunity is a big thing that they number one have coaches that are still coaching them because i've talked to a ton of recruits who coaches have stopped coaching them um who are not giving them any direction and that's a pretty tough space to be in too so uh, depending on the opportunity, we've actually had some kids come onto our radar or been solidified on our radar uh, because of those performances. So there's ways of getting around it, but man, for the other sports, I have no idea. They have no opportunity right now. Yep. Well, Jonathan, the the uh, track and field world was going to be on the world stage this summer. Uh, you know, starting really in June, you, you, I mean, you guys would have been crazy busy right now getting ready for the Olympic trials. No one covers the trials better than let's run.com and Jonathan and Robert and Weldon. Um, so now there's no 
trials. There's no Olympics. Um, how is that for you professionally? I mean, and how tough is that for you professionally? And, and when is it, are, are, are these things going to happen in 2021? I hope so. I mean, I don't think anyone can really say for certainty they know what the world's going to look like next year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's obviously a challenge for us professionally. That's It's the biggest events we do. Um, let's run. The, the, the Olympic trials kind of feels like almost bigger to us in some ways than the Olympic Games because mm-hmm. that's just everyone in the sport in the United States is there. We usually rent a house um, in Eugene for about two weeks and we're, you know, just in that soaking up. You get incredible races. You know, obviously, there's so much meaning attached to uh, every spot on the Olympic team. So, yeah, it's going to be difficult uh, without that to cover this summer. And I, I don't even know what, like, for the next two months, I just, what events are going to even exist? Like, we kind of hope, Sebastian Coe had said he wants to get a season in in some way in the professional aspect this summer. And they've locked off, I think, August 9th. August 8th and 9th that weekend to hold like national championships. So the hope is that maybe by early August sports are getting back into it, but I'm still, I'm skeptical that we'd even see a U.S. championships August 8th and 9th. That still seems kind of early to me. So yeah, I don't know. We're going to have to continue being creative and how we cover the sport and, you know, with ideas to generate interest from our readers for the next few months. Yeah, and I, I mean, how how disappointing is it for you? I mean, you, you you have such inspiring content from the Olympic trials in Atlanta. I mean, just as a, as a reporter, as a writer from for, for, for Let's Run, um, who who loves this sport so much, like personally, how disappointing is it for you? It's, it's very disappointing for sure. I think the only the good the only good thing I look at it as is. I was lucky enough to cover the track and field Olympic trials in 2016 and to cover the actual Olympic games in 2016. If this was my first time going through this whole thing, I think I'd be devastated because, Mm -hmm. you know, being pushed off another year, it's just a long way to wait. The way I kind of try to look at it is I'd like to have a long career in the sports journalism business. And I'd like to think that 2021 Tokyo, that won't be, I'll have, future Olympics, I would hope to cover beyond that. And, you know, you never really know, but that's kind of the way I like to think of it. So being pushed off one year, I feel like it complaining about it as a journalist. I think that's a little selfish because the athletes, those are the ones who are really suffering from this. Have you thought about, uh, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't think you have thought about that. You thought about races not coming back and then this line of work not being what it was. Yeah, I mean, it's been, it put a strain on, uh, it's put a strain on the sports, put on strain on sports journalism. You know, you look at Sports Illustrated, they've had to make some, some layoffs, and it's just, I feel fortunate that I still have a job at Let's Run, and I'm hoping that we'll be able to continue, you know, doing what I'm doing for some time to come. But you know, you never totally know in this industry. Yep. So let's talk a little bit more about Let's Run. So, We've had Robert on the show. He was in studio with us maybe a year, two years ago, probably. It was like one of the most, <laughs> it was one of the most downloaded shows in our history. Um, what is it about the Let's Run? No pressure, Jonathan. Know, we seriously. need a little hit here. I know. I've been joking with bump. him. I'm like, Robert, I gotta, we gotta pump this thing up and you know get the media <laughs> machine going so that I can beat your uh, record for downloads. It, it's, it was He's a gonna record. block you for that reason. He's gonna put it at the bottom of the page. <laughs> I know. 
I yeah. mean, it was, it was a record show. I mean, what is it about the Let's Run.com audience that makes them so passionate about what you guys do? Well, I think it's just that, by definition, if you're a devoted reader of Let's Run.com and a member of our community, you, by definition, you are very devoted in the sport of track and field. You sure. care a lot. You're, you're very passionate. We sort of attract, we, we try to attract any track and field fans, but we definitely have sort of the top 1% of track and field fans. They're just, they're going to be on the let's run uh, all the time. And so by nature, they're just devoted people. And I think they, you know, if they see something with Robert, who is a really entertaining person to talk to, a great guy to have a beer with, great guy to sort of talk about crazy conspiracy theories or running hot <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, <laughs> He's, he's, yeah, he's an entertaining guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Robert and Well, for those who don't know who haven't listened to your show or listened to when he was on, um, tell us the history. You guys are tw- 20 years old this year. We, we don't know exact birth dates, but uh, 20 years old this year. Uh, tell us sort of the history of, of Let's Run.com. Yeah. So, Robert and Weldon Johnson, they're twin brothers from Dallas, Texas, and they were both runners in high school weldon ran at yale robert was sort of a club runner at, at princeton i think and weldon wasn't great as a college runner he was okay but then he started he just decided he was going to move to flagstaff and start training like a professional runner and got really really good he wound up running 2806 for 10,000 meters he mm. got fourth at usa's a couple times and let's run.com i think Robert basically moved out there with him and was, for a little while and was like, hey, I'm just going to be your training partner. And Robert, you know, his results weren't as good as Weldon's, but he was out there helping him love the mileage. And they were just thinking, they're like, okay, we're out here training, but we can only run for like two or three hours a day. What else can we do? And they're like, well, you know, we really like the sport of running. There isn't really a website that covers the professional side, back then at least. Mm-hmm. Certainly, that wasn't a website like Let's Run.com that existed that covers the professional part of the sport. So they're like, all right, we're just going to start this website and see what, how it goes. And at first, it was kind of part website, but also like part of a venture just supporting Weldon and spreading the gospel of his coach, John Kellogg. They were like, look, more American runners need to know hey, here are training principles, here are things that you guys screw up, here's what you can do better. And the most popular article on the website is by Weldon, it's called Why I Suck in College. And it's just the mistakes he made, why he wasn't good in college, and why he suddenly ran 28.06 as a pro. So that's kind of why they started it, is they wanted to spread information about good training, coaching, and, you know, links to stories about pros. Yeah, in in Weldon locally, I think he won Marine Corps as well. I mean, so he was he was an awesome, awesome runner. Um, but, uh, you know, Back then, it's it's crazy that just the information sharing about running, and I would say that your site is is really uh, largely responsible for uh, the information uh, sharing. You know, increasing. Like when Docs and I were in college, you know, we didn't know what other teams were doing or how much they were running or what other workouts people were doing or you know, we just knew what our high school or college coach gave us, and that was it. And and I'd say you guys are largely responsible for a lot of that changing. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, it was before my time. I was, you know, I was high school class of 09. So mm-hmm. the site had already been kind of established by that point. But 
I, I think that, yeah, I don't want to say Let's Run's responsible for the reemergence of American distance running in the you know, late 2000s or 2010s, but I do think that, you know, it played a small part in just spreading information and getting it out to people who didn't previously have access for to sure. it. For sure. I totally agree. Julie, what, Julie's rolling her eyes at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's not new. <laughs> Why are you pulling that yeah. into the show? I know. Well, and I think that that was, uh, Let's Run became an inspirational piece, in, in my opinion, to then, it was Flow Track that followed after that, Runner Space that followed after that, Mile Split that followed after that. So, I mean, there's been a lot of content that's kind of changed the storytelling in track and field and cross country and and running in general, yeah. um, and, and it probably really all started with those guys. Yeah, I think one of the things I like about it now is when they started it, they were sort of they didn't really view themselves as journalists, Robert O. Weldon. They were just sort of like, "Hey, we're posting these, you know, links that other people have written, and you know, spreading some stuff that they learned from their coach John Kellogg." But then they actually did start writing stories, and then when they hired me in 2014, basically my premise was like, "Hey, cover this." just like anyone would cover a beat in a newspaper, you know, find good stories and pour on the big meat. So I really think that it's given, now it's, we've expanded and now I have an opportunity to sort of tell stories within sport, which I, I, I feel like I'm really lucky to have. You do a great job of it too, man. There's a, I, I'm Appreciate trying to think, that. I'm trying to think back on the timeline here. So they would have, it would have been 20 years ago this May, right? So in two, it, it was 2000, right? Yep. So I, yeah. I think I was out there. Oh, I know I was out there summer of uh, 2002 mm-hmm. in Flagstaff. My One of my best friends and I were driving across country and we stayed in Flagstaff for a night and we ran with Robert and Weldon the next day. Oh, really? Yeah. And I remember, gosh, I, I think at that point that we all were starting to... Um, read let's run.com and i remember thinking like wow these are the guys that started this website and but they were obviously weldon was obviously still i think he was still running pretty hard at that point for sure um mm-hmm. but yeah i i just remember that time period it was uh it everything was still very like new and raw like it was hard to find information on on running but that was a a really new space for it so robert and weldon were named in the runner's world uh article about the 50 most influential people running they were named part of that 50 group of 50 which is pretty amazing Uh, i don't know if they were one person of that 50 or if they were two of the 50 i don't know but either way uh it shows how influential they are in the space farley do you think it's because runners world couldn't tell them apart (laughs) (laughs) they didn't know how to separate so they just set them together yeah can you tell them apart, uh, Jonathan? Oh, yeah, it's very easy. I mean, at this point, they are identical, but um, Weldon's just a little skinnier. Robert's not heavier or anything. Right, right. Weldon's just a little bit more gaunt, so it's pretty easy. To so I, I think I think one of them was – so I'm not sure both of them were in Atlanta with us. Um, it was Weldon, I believe, in Atlanta, correct? Yes. Yeah, and I think I was saying, telling him that. Uh, so we were out the night before the the Olympics uh, trials, and I think I was telling him that he was one of the most downloaded shows, and in, uh, uh, in, in Pace the Nation history. And actually, it was <laughs> it was uh, it was Robert who I was talking about. So sorry, Weldon. Um, and, yeah. and you know, speaking of that night, um, you know, we were together, and then somehow uh, Doc's. We did. You didn't make it to the next spot, and I just want to clear something up now. Here, um, 
Jonathan, remember the next spot we went to? It was impossible to get to, if you remember correctly. We went to this hotel. And so Doc's text me and said, hey, where are you guys? And I said, it's really hard to explain. And that was kind of a jerk thing to say. Um, well, you also said that like an hour later. I did. Doc should never ask Chris for directions either. That's a bad but, move. But remember where we went, Jonathan? We went into this like hotel and then up this elevator and we went up like 50 flights of elevator levels or something like that. Do you recall this? I do because first of all, I feel like it was someone had to be like, we had to be with someone yes. to get access to these elevators. And so people, someone was trying, it was a large group of us and someone was sort of trying to shepherd us through and be like, Oh, be quiet. Make sure you don't look too drunk or anything like yeah, that. Exactly. Like, What's the big deal about this? So, but the view was really, it was worth it. Like it was an incredible yes. 360 degree view you get um, from up top of that. Yeah, I don't remember the hotel. But anyways, it was, so uh, Docs, this is me officially apologizing, but it was very hard to explain where we were. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I, you're not off the hook. I, don't, I, don't <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> like, first of all, I was with you before, so you left. I don't know. understand why you couldn't have said, hey, come with us. Yeah, I don't know. See, this is well, how we, we don't need to get into that right now. Yeah, this is how we I'm, work I'm, stuff I'm glad out. You're, I'm glad your guest validated your story that, that uh, <laughs> it, was, it was too hard to text me to say we're leaving. Yeah, yeah. now that, now that he's, not, he's not letting me off the hook for either. So. Um, but yeah, that's how we work stuff out on this, uh, this show, uh, Jonathan. I'm sure you and Weldon and, and Robert do the same thing. Um, <laughs> well, listen, man, it's been fantastic uh, having you join us. Uh, can't wait to get you on when we have races and events and Olympic trials and Olympics to talk about. Can't wait to have some live coverage again. <laughs> I know. Um, oh, I know. Me too. Yeah. So the, the site is Let's Run.com. Uh, Jonathan Gold is their number one staff writer, does a great job for him. And also he's uh, on their podcast. And again, what's the, what's the podcast name, Jonathan? Uh, it's the Let's Run.com Track Talk Podcast. Cool. Well, it's easy to find. It's on the top... Uh, the top toolbar of let's run.com. Jonathan, it's been awesome to have you join us. Really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Chris. Um, I'd be happy to come back anytime. This is a lot of fun. It was great, man. Really have, it was fun to have you. I look forward to seeing you soon. There he goes. Jonathan Galt, let's run.com. He joined us on pace and nation. We're going to take a quick break and be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to Jonathan Galt of Let's Run.com for joining us on Pace the Nation today. Great conversation with Jonathan. Um, I had so many more things to get to. We didn't even have to talk about um, – I didn't have to fill time with him talking about how he went to Bob Schwalm's high school. Um, although he's he's from England, but I know Bob Schwalm's not from England. But He came over when he was 10. Oh, yeah, that's right. That makes sense then. So we didn't uh, we didn't mention that former guest Bob Schwelm from episode Who the Hell is Bob Schwelm? Of course, uh, <laughs> that was one of my favorites. Um, we did get to the story about uh, where we unfortunately left you behind at the Olympic trials um, and went up fifty flights on this elevator. I hope that you and I are good now, Docs. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. What you just made it worse. Okay. I, Sorry, I, I debated bringing that up, but um, it's kind of a forced apology. I know. 
Yeah, like you basically just said it was really hard to give directions because we went to a building, a hotel, which you would never be able to find the hotel. <laughs> uh, and then we had to go all the way up an elevator. And what you don't understand is like it wasn't a normal elevator. It went up a lot of flights. <laughs> like, yeah. like you think I don't understand numbers. Like, <laughs> like I got in the elevator and said, well, I can handle an elevator with 13 floors, but 50? Okay, now I see why you didn't tell me. All right, so I apologize I on the record. <laughs> I apologize. Maybe you should just apologize in general. Right. I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. I didn't make it happen, Docs. Uh, anyways, well, yeah. thanks again to Jonathan Gall for joining us uh, on today's program. Uh, so a couple other things to get into. Do we want to get into the good or the bad? I think we should leave the podcast on a good note. Okay. So let's, so get let's into do the, the bad. bad first. So, Docs, let's so talk start about... start off with the bad? Yeah. yeah so let's talk sorry. about your car situation. Oh, so we're gonna, so this is this is what you're doing. This is called a mouse trap. You have much worse news than me, and and so you're you're trying to get me to complain about my situation so that you can make me feel bad because I made you feel bad at the top of the show. Right. Well, I'll bite um, <laughs> because also I know that if I tell my story after your story, it, it'll hit the cutting room floor. Right. Right. Yeah. It's kind of a lose-lose for think, you, but go for yeah, it, Doc. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I don't know if, if people people who listened to the show before, they know that, that about a year ago, I had to take my car in. It was under warranty, and the, the dealership said that I had rodent damage, and which was not covered by the warranty. Well, I drove my car on Monday for the first time in, in probably a month or more, and I had a, a check engine light. So I brought it into the dealership, and they were like, rodent damage. Mm-hmm. It, it, it seems like the default, but, but in this case, I, I looked at the pictures. The first time I looked at them, I was like, that's a part failure. That's not rodent damage. In this case, it does look like something chewed the wire. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm on the hook for a, another huge bill because, because of rodent damage. And I did some research, and they make these cables out of a soy-based product. So like, my car is made out of food. No wonder <laughs> like rodents keep keep like chewing on things Mm -hmm. i i feel like this should be covered by the warranty i feel like they should replace all of this stuff with non-food based products right (laughs) this is a relatively new car too i would think it wouldn't it's new yeah 18 months food based parts do we have the option of putting non-food based parts (laughs) in our cars i don't remember that as like one of the specifications i don't either I didn't realize that that my car was is one of the race cars from Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> uh, you, I'm looking at a visual that you text me what that was. That's funny because I know what it is because you said it. <laughs> yeah, it's time. a car that's made out of candy and cookies. Yeah, it is very funny. Uh, so so it's, it's a, you're it's on a the bit hook. Of a bummer. You- yeah, you're on the hook to pay. That sucks. Yeah, and and as as everybody knows, I'm I'm dead broke because of my water <laughs> pipe that I had to replace right. last week. So this is great right. timing. All right, well that is a tough car situation. I'm gonna get into my car. That sounds like the absolute worst thing that could happen to anybody this week, right? Right, right. Yeah. Hey, Docs, maybe you should just be thankful that you have a car. Right. Well, let's get into that <laughs> second. But first off, um, uh, unfortunately. Uh, we had a, a really bad situation happen to our uh, 14th Street store. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's 
appropriate to warn people to be more vigilant um, in this time, which I think is probably obvious to many. But, uh, you know, with not a lot of, of, of action happening on 14th Street, I think we were staked out and uh, we had a group of people break our lock with some sort of crowbar or something, go into a store, and actually they were in our store for over four hours, which is crazy. What? Shopping. Yeah, basically shopping and stealing. It was it was a looting situation. Uh, so they were in there for over four hours, and we have them on camera, but we didn't have an alarm, uh, which we've changed now quickly. Uh, but uh, yeah, so they stole um, you know shoes and apparel and just uh, a decent amount of gear. So it was really sad, and I feel awful for my staff over there. Uh, just a true violation. So that was really sad. Um, wow. We, we sent out, um, we sent it out on Facebook or something like that. I think Instagram and in Instagram. Just such a great, overwhelming, positive response from the community. So that, I mean, to me, there's more, you know, such positive people than negative people. So. Um, you know, that was unfortunately for the positive people though. They don't get to make off with that kind of loot. I know. Yeah. It's only the negative people. Exactly. Uh, so that was, you know, so that happened on Saturday. Um, on Sunday I, uh, I took the kids while Julie was working on her degree that we talked about earlier. I took the kids to, uh, the Creek walked around the Creek and we don't really drive our car that frequently, but took the kids there. Uh, we walked around, did the Creek thing over at the Nature Center in Arlington, drove it back. Unfortunately, like an idiot, I took the kids mm-hmm. out of the car. Uh, but I no, left- that was a good thing. That was smart. <laughs> that was good, yeah. But I left yeah. the, the key fob in the car uh, that Sunday. So Monday night, you know, the car sits there all day. Monday night, uh, there was a group of people who were just pulling on car doors to see if they were open. They were rummaging through cars on our neighborhood, in our neighborhood, and came to our car and pulled it. It opened and said jackpot, and they must have pushed the start start button. The car starts, and then they just drive it off. So, Do you think it was the same guys that got you at 14? You know, some, some people have asked me that. I was like, there's no no way. It's not a targeted thing. It was just a crime of opportunity in this this case. And Do you think it's a podcast listener that has decided that you're just a, a big mark? I better stop being so specific about where we <laughs> live, maybe. Uh, yeah, stop running by my house. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so that was really just unfortunate. So that my last few days have been Dude. really rough. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. So maybe maybe your your the your statement at the beginning about being kind of over all of this makes a little bit more sense now that you put it into perspective. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, robbery in our stores and our yeah. family vehicle, our family vehicle. Yeah, That's that where really our rough. kids' car seats are, and stroller, yeah. and you know yeah. everything that Did, sippy cups. Everything was in there. I mean, it was just yeah. horrible feeling. I'm speaking for the listener. Do do you guys have any leads? No, unfortunately, really no leads yet. I mean, the cops have been really super responsive, and they think that that it, the car could potentially turn up, which is which is great. Um, there's all these cameras throughout uh, roads everywhere that if they took a picture of the 
the license tag, you know, it would it would come up and they'd be able to recover yeah. the car that way. Don't you have a GPS tracker in that thing? You know, I would think that I would have a. We've got a, such great relationship with Garmin. You think I would, but uh, mm-hmm. no, uh, no uh, low jack or or Garmin device that they can track it. But I do. Yeah, you know, that. you have to put that in there separately. Like our car is only two years old. You would have thought yeah. like a two year old you know vehicle would have something like that. And Chris called yeah. the dealership immediately, and they're like, "No, you have to pay extra if you want you that would, in your you car." Would think. I mean, but but Dox's seems car crazy. Dox's car is eighteen months old, and it's made of soy products. So. <laughs> <laughs> These are all the add-ons <laughs> that knows? we didn't know about. Know. Again. So we'll uh, we'll we'll choose uh, more wisely in the future. I have a GPS tracker in my car, but it's made out of licorice. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's yeah. not going to last you very long, yeah. Docs. Don't leave your car doors unlocked. Those, those rodents. Oh, man. But so you this, know what? this is our public service announcement, right? Like, yeah, it is. Docs got his wires eaten through because yep. they're made of soy products. Like, yep. we got our car completely stolen and yep. we've got no GPS. Like, we are letting the Pace the Nation like followers know yep. that you can you can choose not to have soy-based <laughs> wires in your car and you can choose not to have your car stolen by actually bringing your keys in with you at night yes. and if <laughs> you get like your car stolen idea. you could have it tracked yes yep so yeah. public get service announcement tracker <laughs> <laughs> very much a cautionary yeah, but, tale but what's what's unfortunate is is probably three or four of of farley's runs each week uh, he just takes his his Garmin watch yep. uh, and leaves it leaves it in the car and he drives the route uh, at at like <laughs> running pace uh, while yes. he listens to podcasts. It's unfortunate that you didn't leave your watch on because then you could just check your Strava that's, to find out true. where your car was. I know it's true. Yeah. <laughs> there are certain things that Chris Farley doesn't forget. Like he might leave the key fob in the car yeah. or like forget yeah. to lock yeah. the front door, yeah. but he does not forget to have his Garmin charged. And upload yeah. to Strava. Yes, I got. I wish that. that our family vehicle was as valuable. Is my Strava as your Strava? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. This podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with six area DC based locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Uh, we are recovered and ready to rock for you uh, on uh, virtual fittings shipping shoes out all that stuff so uh check us out runpacers.com a lot of things going on we can help you new runner old runner uh any type of runner you are uh runpacers.com also want to mention docs uh our our new sponsor uh i want to get this in i had made a note to get this in during the sponsor read uh, uh-huh. ran- Random Row. Random Row is oh, yeah. a new sponsor, and usually I have to co- call you to do this sponsor read, but uh, Random Row, mm-hmm. you can go to Cold Country Salmon to get uh, Random Row beer, just like Julie did this week. Wait, they're a sponsor? Why did I spend that much money? <laughs> I know. That's a good <laughs> What the heck? <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, but you can, you can uh, buy Random Row beer at Cold Country Salmon like Julie did this week. Uh, what what's your favorite beer that you drink, Julie? Uh, the Mosaic. The Mosaic, yeah. I called I I think I called it the Hazy Pale Ale. And, yeah. Which is the description 
of Drew, the mosaic. Drew, he, he kept calling the beers. He's like, I like the beer that's the Dippa, and I also <laughs> like the Hazy Pale Ale. <laughs> Which I'm is like, actually, you know they have names, like, Dude, they've right? Got names. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty good pitch guy I am. Random Row Beer. Get them at Country Glad Court. Glad Random Row sponsored us. Good yes. move. Yes, Random Row Beer. All right, uh, we're going to move to the, the positive story about exercising. Uh, and this comes from UVA researchers, so it's obviously super credible. Uh, they found that regular exercise may reduce the risk of acute respiratory distress system, which is a major cause of death in patients with COVID-19. So this acute respiratory distress system, I'll call it ARDS for short. So ARDS uh, is is a uh, did you just coin that? No, it's actually in the, in the article called ARDS. Uh, ARDS affects uh, between three and seventeen percent of all patients with COVID nineteen, and you can better ARDS by exercise. So just by exercising, you can reduce your risk of ARDS by about fifty percent. Uh, and ARDS again is causes uh, uh, causes issues with COVID-19. So reduce your, your ARDS by 50% just by exercising, and then you're much less likely to be negatively affected by COVID-19. So not surprising that uh, running and exercise uh, will help you through this uh, this pandemic, not only you know emotionally, mentally, but actually physically as well. So that was a pretty cool story. We will tweet out this yeah. story from uh, UVA Today, uh, which, again, love that UVA Today. Pretty cool article. Yeah. Well, which uh, which of these two things do you guys think is the, the more important aspect of, of running right now or running during these times? The, the mental health aspect of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. making yourself yep. – giving yourself that release or or the part that that keeps it from keeps you from dying <laughs> right right <laughs> which one do you guys like better i think chris is going to go for the mental health piece <laughs> you know what it, you're you're right i would have said the mental health is the most important but you're right at the end of the day if it keeps you from dying yeah your yeah. mental health uh-huh. really isn't important if you're yeah, if, if you're, you're dead yeah. yes correct come for the mental health help stay for the not dying <laughs> yes there was also a cool article that uh, one of our coaches sent us this morning mm-hmm. um, about the benefits of vitamin D mm. um, during COVID nineteen and how um, and how vitamin D is something that they have found um, when there's higher levels of it in the in the body and in the system, there's a higher ability to combat COVID nineteen. So, how, how do I get vitamin D? Uh, it's you could. You could walk, well, number one, sunlight. So yeah. the, the rain that has been incessant in the month of April is not helping it's, it's, anybody right now. Yep. Um, well, there's still sun. There's still vitamin D outside. <laughs> okay, being outside. Go stand out in the rain and try to get some vitamin D. <laughs> vitamin D comes from sunshine. Um, that's your primary source. Um, but you can get it. You can walk right across the street here to Trader Joe's and get yourself some vitamin D. Okay. And... Why well, I think I think you can also get it from Sunny Delight, <laughs> the 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 beverage, Sunny D. Sunny Delight. Yeah. Do they still sell? Isn't that sun? the commercial where they'd be like, "Oh, the purple stuff. Oh, yeah, there's the, the purple red stuff." stuff. <laughs> like, I love the purple whoa, stuff. Whoa, Sunny D. Yeah. 
Are they a sponsor, Docs? I know you're a stickler about <laughs> mentioning it was a good I line. Even know Sunny D still we'll around. Make an exception. <laughs> yeah, I know it was a good line. So we can make an exception. This is saving lives, Chris. Yes, yeah, good point. <laughs> we'll also tweet that article out. Yeah, we'll tweet that article out as well. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great show, guys. Thanks again to our guest, Jonathan Galt from Let'sRun.com for joining us today on the program. You can, of course, find him. It's pretty easy. It's Let'sRun.com. You can find him and all his stories. He's a staff writer there. He does a podcast as well. Um, great show. I I needed the, the, the la- I came in uh, really negative to this show yeah, today, but you guys really lifted me. So, <laughs> so I, I appreciate both you guys for lifting me up today. So, so happy now you'll actually leave and stand by the cause, Chris. <laughs> yes, exactly. This is this is definitely the best part of the week. Yes, no doubt. All right, that's William E. Docs. And for Julie E. Kelly, I'm Chris Farley. This is Space the Nation. We'll see you next week. Get a Julie E. Cully this week. You gotta step up your game, Julie. Hey, can I have a beer? Yeah. One of our beers? Yeah, we have we have tons. Just yeah. one yeah. beer. Yeah. Where do you tomorrow? Chris will Chris will run with it. He'll shake it all the way to your house, and I'll leave it on the front doorstep. <laughs> so uh, this is why this is why your podcast can be released in a day, and ours takes three to four days before we can so, edit. It. So true. Some some follow-up questions. Where in England are you from? I'm from Woking, which is in Surrey, if you know where that is. Okay. I have a girl um, coming from Surrey uh, wow. in September, nice. transferring from Oxford. Maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe if the season She's coming. Yeah, I don't know if you were paying attention earlier, Julie, but there <laughs> might not be a, a next year. Thanks, yeah. Docs. <laughs> Next question. Since we're starving for content, would, would Let's Run be interested in, in covering uh, a race between Julie and Chris Farley? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's not, that's not pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you he's in better shape. Uh, I don't know. I yeah. run about 15, 15 miles a week. Chris runs about 60.
Hey, we'll, oh, we'll, we'll put Tyler this out. We'll hype it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'll, I'll talk to Megan, and, and she can draw the distance out of a hat. She's been wanting to do that for a while. Oh, really? Okay. All right. And we'll get Jonathan cover it. And Julie's got a better PR in the 5K than me. Um, yeah. Probably more than just the 5K. Probably. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. They're probably. He's still got me beating the 1500, though. Yeah. I'm never going to yeah. live that one down. Yeah. All right, well, what, now we're getting off the rails with our guest who's got to go. Um, <laughs> dude, it's big, big group. That's what I do. 